Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me on You Can Cook Too. I'm Patricia Casey, and I'm recording this from home. Today, I've chosen a recipe that some of you will probably have heard of. A few of you may even have tried, but I suspect not many. And this is kedgeri. Kedgeri started off life in India around the latter half of the 1800s when it was being ruled by the Raj in India. And it was a mixture of rice and dal. And then the British came and wanted to sort of add an English ingredient to it. So they added hard boiled eggs. I know that's exactly my thought as well. The recipe I'm doing today, though, isn't the one that's usually cooked, which has got smoked haddock in it, but one with salmon. And this is one that Nigella Lawson has has developed. It's a really um, fragrant, light and delicate recipe. You think it's going to be heaven because you think it's going to be heavy and heaven as well because of all the rice in it. But in fact, it's quite light and refreshing. It's very easy to do, although there are quite a few ingredients. So you need about 500 mils of cold water in which you're going to poach the fish. And you need enough for six people with, with this recipe. So you need 500 mils of water. You need two lime leaves and they are sold in jars as lime leaves or mercat leaves or kaffir leaves, K-A-F-F-I-R leaves. And you can buy them in the supermarkets and you need two of those torn up and put into the water just to give it a little bit of flavour. And then for six, you need about four uh, one inch thick salmon fillets, pr- preferably skinned. But if not, don't worry, because you can take off the skin when they've been poached. So you put the fillets into the water and either put them into a saucepan on top of a ring or into the oven covered with tin foil and poached there. Then you need three tablespoons of butter. That's about 45 grams of butter, preferably unsalted. You need about a teaspoon of oil, olive oil, vegetable oil or sunflower oil. It doesn't matter. The idea of that is to stop the butter burning. You need a good size onion, which should be chopped finely, and then a half teaspoon of ground coriander, a half teaspoon of ground common and a half teaspoon of turmeric. And they're all easily available in any, any supermarkets now. To that, you add about 225 grams of rice. You can use long grain rice, which is the ordinary, very cheap one you buy in the shops, or basmati if you want to, want to go up market a little bit. Next come the eggs. Now, I don't use the eggs because, as you've gathered, I cannot abide hard boiled eggs. I can't look at them. I can't think about them or I get nightmares. Anyway, you you need three hard boiled eggs quartered, but they are optional. And then you need some chopped coriander leaves, about three tablespoons chopped finely um, to to put into the rice when it's cooked. And then a few more leaves, just whole leaves that you'll throw over it afterwards to garnish it. You then need a lime and you'll need the juice from the lime and the zest as well. And some people decorated with additional lime segments. I didn't bother and it it tasted and looked great anyway. And then finally, you need a bit of fish sauce, maybe teaspoon of fish sauce. They're available. That's available in the supermarkets as well. So you put your lime leaves into the water and the salmon and you stick it into the oven or a pan and um, 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 poach it. Don't throw away the water when you finish because you'll be using that to cook the rice in. You then take the butter and put the butter and the olive oil or whatever oil you're using into the saucepan 
and just melt down the butter. And then you add the onion to that along with the spices that that we've already talked about, the cumin, the turmeric, ground coriander. That's the coriander powder. So you you stir that round. Um, Don't let the onion burn. Don't let anything burn. But um, the onion should become soft and there should be a nice, soft, sort of spicy perfume, the kind you might get in a nice nice perfume that you bought in a shop. You then add the rice, the 225 grams of rice, and you stir it around with a wooden spoon so that that's well coated with the butter, oil and spice mix. Um, And then you add to that the liquid from the salmon that by now should be poached. So you take out the liquid and you add about 500 mils of it to the rice and spice mix and you let it let this let let the rice absorb all the liquid by covering the pan with with a lid at the end of the cooking the rice should be tender it shouldn't be lumpy or sticky at all and um, you should then take the salmon take the skin off and flake the, the fish with a fork don't cut it because it will become too messy and it will it will become mushy you actually need to have the whole flake so that you can get a bit of bite you can feel you can bite into the soft fish as you're eating so put the flake into the rice mix gently with a fork or a spatula. And then if you have the eggs, you add them at that point. You then add the chopped coriander leaves that I mentioned, the two tablespoons of them, and you add in the lime juice and also a few drops of fish sauce. A few, That's about a teaspoon or so of fish sauce. And you stir the whole lot together. It doesn't need any more cooking because it's all cooked. And if you want to keep it hot, you can put a, a tea towel under um, the, the cover of the of the saucepan. So that will absorb all the moisture and keep it nice and warm if there's a delay while you're having your pre-prandial glass of wine or whatever. And then just before serving, you add the um, zest from the lime over it and just check it because you may need a bit more fish sauce or maybe a bit more lime juice. You probably won't. Anyway, if you do, go ahead and do it and then garnish it with lime segments. If you put it in, put the lime segments around the edge of the bowl that you're serving it in um, and on top throw a small handful of coriander. Um, Eat it for breakfast or for dinner or even for lunch. You can eat it for any of the three meals. And in some of the posh restaurants here in Ireland, it is served for breakfast, but it's more often a light supper menu or a light supper dish that people cook at home. Now, think India, think quintessential Britain. And the one composer you think of is Edward Elgar. And I'm going to play a piece of his music for you to link it very neatly, I hope, to the to this lovely British dish. Please don't get the wrong idea. I'm not trying to turn you all into British nationalists or anything like that. I wouldn't dare to presume I could. But Elgar is a very popular and well-known composer. He was born in 1857 and died in 1934. And he was born in the south of England in the country. Um, He left school at the age of 15 and worked for a while in a solicitor's office. He didn't do much by way of exams because he was more devoted to playing music and writing music. He um, wrote some very famous Pieces. He did a famous violin concerto. He also wrote a famous cello 
concerto, which was made very popular by Jacqueline Dupre in the 1960s, long after his death. Before that, it hadn't achieved much claim, but she gave a new zest to it and that that added to its popularity. He also wrote a long piece called The Enigma Variations. Despite being high British in every respect, he was also a Roman Catholic, which was a bit unusual at the time. And so he wrote quite a bit of church music as well. However, the piece that he's best known for, known for are the Pomp and Circumstance marches. And there are six of them. Now, five of them were written in his lifetime. You might ask, what about the six? Well, there were some uh, preliminary documents and preliminary music and and drafts of that found. And that wasn't actually completed until 2005, 2006. But the Pomp and Circumstance marches um, are very famous. And his first one is the most famous. And you will recognise it when you hear it. It was first played in Liverpool in 1901 at a concert there and it was well received. And two days later, it was played in London at uh, Queen's Hall at a promenade concert. And there it was, the, the it received a rapturous response. It got two encores, the first time ever that had happened in London. And since then, it has grown in popularity. And of course, the promenade concerts are now held in the Albert Hall in London rather than in Queen's Hall. And the Albert Hall is a beautiful hall in the uh, in, in Kensington, between Kensington and Knightsbridge. And in the middle of this hall, it's a sort of a circular hall. And in the middle, there's a pit. And ordinarily, it has chairs in it. But for the for the promenade concerts, they remove the chairs. And so people get cheaper tickets and stand in the pit. And sometimes people sit in the pit if there isn't a big crowd at the concert and have picnics. I was there at one such concert about six years ago. The promenade, the last night of the proms, as as it's called, um, concludes always with um, the pomp and circumstance march, the first one by Edward Elgar. And it's quite a long piece. It's about 10 or 15 minutes. And one of the movements um, has um, in the middle a trio, and that is called Land of Hope and Glory, which everybody sings. So there's the orchestral bit, then there's people singing Land of Hope and Glory, and then finally the end part of the march. It's great fun and it's on television every year. You get it on YouTube as well. So here we go with Edward Elgar's first Pomp and Circumstance March. <laughs> 